I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. We've got uh, an elephant in the room that we need to discuss, and uh, there's no gain around it. But first, let's talk about Daniel Jacobs versus Sergio Mora. Yeah, short fight. Um, I was a bit surprised that Mora, with his, uh, he doesn't have a lot of power, but that he was able to come back and knock Jacobs down after being down himself. Uh, I just thought that, you know, Sergio was kind of setting a trap for him, and it did, that's, that's exactly what happened. Uh, the first knockdown was pretty good, but, uh, then Mora comes back with that second knockdown, and, uh, next round, Jacobs is hammering him with shots, and I could tell when I saw it happen that, uh, oh, something's not right with, uh, with, uh, Mora's ankle, and as soon as he got up, like, he could tell, like, no, something's not right with this, and, uh, he had either twisted it or broken it, but he, you could hear him afterwards because uh, the referee stopped the fight when he saw that Mora could not continue, that he wasn't walking properly. Uh, you could hear Sergio telling his quarterman, I heard it pop. Uh, I've never had a broken ankle. I've never broken anything in all my 29 years on this planet. But uh, I can imagine that it hurt. And uh, I can imagine fans being a little upset, but you can't really blame Mora for... Uh, you know, being unable to continue. I mean, what is he supposed to do with just one good ankle? Uh, I mean, could there be a discussion or possibility of a rematch? Uh, maybe because of the, I don't want to say inconclusive, but just sort of anticlimactic way that the fight ended. It's like, oh, I mean, just when it looked like it was starting to get good, there's this ankle breakage and we don't really know. But uh, Daniel Jacobs might be uh, having a fight with Peter Quillen. Uh, Quillen was ringside for that fight, and uh, he said that he would love to have a fight with Jacobs. Who knows where that will go. In the main event for that uh, PBC on ESPN broadcast, you had Danny Garcia, the former 140-pound champion, moving up and making his debut at the welterweight limit of 147 pounds against... Pauli Malignaggi, a guy who was coming off a 16-month layoff after being knocked out in four rounds by Sean Porter. Was this really the best test for Danny Garcia? And Pauli should have kind of known that he really had no chance. He he must have seen it. By the uh, end of the like first or second round, you could probably tell that he had this look on his face like, okay... If I survive, you know, things might not be so bad, but no, he he, he just wasn't in this fight. He was hanging in there, but uh, he, he was just trying to survive after a certain point. And there was actually one thing that I noticed about Pauly immediately, and it was his legs. His stance was so weird that uh, Teddy Atlas actually commented on it. Legs of Malinaki. You noted that just before the fight. You can see that left foot coming beyond that left shoulder, as you said, something to look for. And not good boxing ABCs or fundamentals. That left foot out in front of the shoulder, it's got to be under the shoulder. There's way you can move back one clean move. But when it's out too far, just watch it. You got to move that left foot back. 
then you move the right foot back. Yeah, I'm not as experienced as uh, Pauli Malignaggi, or I don't have the knowledge of a Teddy Atlas, but at the same time, I was just looking at his stance, and I thought, how are you going to effectively fight somebody that way? I don't know, because it almost looks like he's getting ready to do the splits. I've encountered succubi who don't spread their legs that wide. Anyway, uh, Danny Garcia won by TKO in the ninth round uh, after Arthur McCanty Jr. had seen enough and he just stopped the fight. And thank God, because uh, Pauly had no chance. He didn't have any, you know, any pop in his punches to keep Garcia off or, you know, to make him think twice about anything. It was just uh, kind of unnecessary. And Pauly more or less announced his retirement after the fight. And he should have done that after the Sean Porter fight. But, oh well. Uh, what's next for Danny Garcia? Well, Keith Thurman was uh, ringside for the fight. And uh, he said that he would be interested in having a showdown with Danny Garcia. You're here. Danny Garcia's making the move up to welterweight. Yep. Two undefeated fighters we can get by his opponent tonight and Pauli Malignaggi. Is that a fight that's on your radar? It's definitely, you know, I welcome every fighter from the 140 division that wants to fight at Walter Ray, especially a champion at the 140 division like Danny Garcia. I would love to make a fight like Danny Garcia either happen after this sometime this year or early next year. That would be a terrific fight. And they also mentioned the possibility of Keith Thurman facing Floyd Mayweather, which we will get to in a little bit but anyway let's play the audio now if floyd mayweather decides to have another fight how possible is him getting a shot against keith thurman or you getting your shot against uh, floyd mayweather yeah you know the the real question is what's the possibility of keith thurman getting a shot at floyd mayweather and to truly answer that you really have to put the mic um, close to Floyd Mayweather and get uh, word from him because it's obvious that I'm willing to fight the champ. Um, I, I have the desire to fight the champ and I believe that I have the skills and talent to beat the champ. So we'll see what happens to Mayweather uh, further on in his career. Whoa, Keith, walk before you run. If you want to think about facing Floyd Mayweather, you're going to have to get past the difficult challengers like Jose Cito Lopez and Steve Chambers. Ugh. Okay, no, no, let, let, let's think a little bit positive. Let, let's not... Okay, uh, I like the idea of Danny Garcia facing Keith uh, Thurman. That'd be a very interesting fight. Uh, they're both big punchers. And, you know, how often do you get when two young, undefeated American fighters get to face off against each other when they're more or less in their prime? So, I, I'm all for that. And, uh, okay, if you didn't know, well, you should know, but I'm just going to remind you, and I, I, I keep thinking that this is a dream, and that I'm going to wake up and be like, oh, what a, what a terrible dream, crazy though, I, I should have seen the writing on the wall that it was a dream, but no, what we are getting is not a dream. It was announced this week that Floyd Mayweather, in his final fight for Showtime, is going to be fighting Andre Berto. (laughs) 
And there's this long silence because I want that to sink in. Because just, you know, back in June, you know, Floyd Mayweather joked, oh, maybe I'll fight Andre Berto as my final opponent. He said that in front of a bunch of media people. And you know what they did? They didn't applaud or say, oh, that'd be a great fight, Floyd. That'd be a great way to end your career. They all laughed because they thought it was a joke. And I wasn't there, but maybe Floyd said it like it was a joke. And he should have known that saying it like that would mean, you know, oh, I'm just joking. Don't worry. It's supposed to be funny. This is not serious. Uh, yeah. And, you know, then the, the, the talks got more serious. And, oh, well, you know, to uh, sort of sweeten the pot a little bit for boxing fans and for, for casual fans or, or people who aren't even fans, this fight will be on free TV. Well, no, that those were just rumors, and now it's confirmed that this is going to be on pay-per-view. Now, I've I, I can't really express my uh, my outrage enough because this is painful. It's painful. It makes me want to not care about the sport at all, which saddens me because I love this sport. But I can't get behind this. In fact, I've put together a montage that more or less sums up how people feel about this fight. No! God, no! This sucks more than anything that has ever sucked before. I hope you're f***ing joking. Oh, that's bullshit. You must be out of your goddamn mind! No! No! Be honest with me and be honest with yourself. Who wants this fight? Who really wants this? Who looked at Andre Berto and said, this is a real challenge for Floyd Mayweather. This is a real great fight for him to end his career with. Again, I'll go back to Ray Leonard back in 1987. He announces that he's making a comeback and people are calling Ray Leonard and saying, oh, you know, we heard that you're going to fight Marvin Hagler. Who's the tune-up guy? And he says, oh, no, there is no tune-up. I'm going to go right after Hagler. Gennady Golovkin is out there. Miguel Cotto is out there. If he were to be Golovkin, if if Floyd Mayweather were to fight Golovkin, say, oh, you know, this will be at 160 pounds, you know, there's going to be no catch weight at all, and if he were to beat him soundly and without any shadow of a doubt, like, he'd be top 10 at least. I don't know. I'm not really good at putting together lists, but... Andre Berto? Come on! Outside of Andre Berto and members of his family and some close friends and maybe Virgil Hunter because that's who's training him, who really wants this fight? Lou DiBella, who used to promote uh, Berto, uh, wrote on Twitter, I am happy for my friend Andre Berto. He will throw down and give it his all. Isn't he supposed to want this? Go out there, Bert, and go for it! In big capital letters, he wrote, go for it. Now, I like Lou DeBella. I don't always agree with the guy, but, you know, he's a straight shooter. But I, I wrote back to him, not on the Boxing for Free account, but on my regular uh, Schweitzer Man account. I just wrote, because I kind of agree with him to a point that, like, yeah, Berto should want this. I said, yes, he should want this, but shouldn't the fans want it as well? 
Because if somebody were to come up to me and say, like a legitimate representative for for Floyd Mayweather, if he came up to me and said, Andrew, you're going to fight Floyd Mayweather. It's going to be on pay-per-view. You're going to get $5 million plus a little percentage of pay-per-view and the gate, and you're going to fight Floyd Mayweather. How do you feel about that? I'd turn him down because I want at least $8 million or ten depending upon what I can get. I mean, there's got to be some room for negotiation if Floyd's going to be fighting me. But also, I would be under I would understand if people didn't want the fight. Cuz I would think about it like, "Wait a minute, you're going to fight me? The hell is a, is so bad about fighting everybody else?" Oh. Now, this is where boxing fans really need to take control, okay? I years ago people used to put the stupid hashtag occupy boxing because they thought that would actually change something. Nothing's changed. Promoters and managers are still thinking that bands are complete morons and are going to try and take advantage advantage of them, offer them crappy cards, offer them crappy matchups, matchups that have no business being outside of, you know, some stupid video game. But this is a real opportunity for fans to speak and say no more. Okay? We've been fooled with the Manny Pacquiao fight. Everybody was like, yeah, this is going to be the greatest fight of all time. And it was a boring fight. It was boring. I saw people who just stopped watching the fight and were texting their friends. And that was supposed to be the biggest fight of all time. If somebody came up to me and said, Andrew, you know, I'm not going to watch this fight. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find an illegal stream online and watch it from there. I wouldn't discourage them. I wouldn't say, good, right on. I would just be like, oh, very well. That is your choice. Because I'm sorry, you've got to show Showtime. You've got to show Espinoza, Steven Espinoza. You've got to show them that we don't want this. I'm sorry, but I'm worried about the boxing fans who are going to pay for this. Again, go to a sports bar. Provide that they aren't charging a cover. Okay? Do do not give in to that. But just find a sports bar that's playing it. Get a good meal and some good booze for what you would pay for the pay-per-view. Probably even less. Because I'm worried that boxing fans are going to be like, do you ever see Star Trek Generations, the, the really awful TNG movie? Well, most of them were awful. But it's the part where Data gets emotions and he tries a drink for the first time. And, well, I'll just play that. Okay, more or less in this scene, Data will be representing boxing fans and Guinan, played by Whoopi Goldberg, will be you know, playing the part of managers, promoters, etc. Ooh. Well, it looks like he hates it. Yes. That is it. I hate this. Data, I think the chip is working. Oh, yes. I hate this. It is revolting. More? Please. That's more or less what it is. I mean, come on. Be honest about it. That You know I'm right, and you know that I just used an awful Star Trek movie to show that I'm right. 
That's how bad the situation is. I have used bad Star Trek to justify how right I am. Ugh. So yeah, there's going to be lots of... Well, uh, there's going to be as little promotion as possible. I mean, good God, there's going to be no Mega City press tour. Just like there wasn't for the first Maidana fight, just how there wasn't for the Guerrero fight. So, good job. Yay. Yeah, we've got less... We've got just over a month to go for this fight. And... Yeah, no build-up. There's probably going to be the stupid all-access series where Floyd's going to have more fake sparring matches and fake weed. But... Wow. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of excitement on Berto's camp. Oh... Oh my god. See, this is the weird thing. Ever ever since I started uh, going to all these uh, Floyd pay-per-views, I always made sure that if I didn't have that night off of work, that I would book it off. And, you know, I always got to go to these fights. I have not missed a pay-per-view since uh, the end of 2012. And I, I only missed one, and that was the uh, <clears throat> the uh, Pacquiao-Algeria fight. But uh, either way, I've not missed a Floyd pay-per-view since he was released from, from prison. I do have this night off of work, but if they were to change my schedule at the last minute, or even, you know, a few days in advance... I would not say, oh, I can't, I have plans. I would probably say, oh, oh, well, I'm going to be making more money, so that's fine. Yeah, I have zero excitement for this fight. I have more excitement looking forward to the day after because there's a big comic book show in Calgary that day. That's it. I got to end this podcast before I get more depressed, but... I just wish there was a better way to sum up my feelings towards this. I hate this. It is revolting. Yeah, that'll do. More? Piss off. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Adzizic, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.